is Actually You Are a Real Runner with Jacqueline Riccio. I'm so excited today. I have an old friend here on the podcast, Lynn Lindbergh. How are you doing? Woohoo! Oh my gosh, it's so good to see you again, Jacqueline. And I'm, I'm doing good. I'm just, yeah. but like a lot's happened. Yeah. You, you, you had just gotten married when we first met. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's right around two years, which wow. is crazy. so. We, I mean, in the last two years, we left Atlanta. We were traveling. And now we're in Chicago. But when I interviewed you two years ago, I was in like my studio apartment and had this weird table that I was sitting at. And I had one of those chairs that you bring to like go camping that like folds. Like uh-huh. that was that was what my setup was in this. Oh, and, no and my way. husband was probably like two feet away, like trying to sleep when we were recording. Like it was, it was. <laughs> but yeah. Oh yeah, a lot's happened in the last two years. What have you been up to? Oh my gosh. Okay, so I, in two years, I am still Lynn Lindbergh, the bad couch guru, and I'm still helping people get off the couch. So, and it's, and I know folks, I know, I know you're not just literally on the couch with chips and a beer and, you know, I mean, like, I know it's, well, maybe you are sometimes, I am, but, um, <laughs> But it's it's really the hardest exercise we do is getting out there and and just starting right and so that's that's what I do, and so in the last two years, in a really rapid fire nutshell, I uh, published a book that has won six book awards, which was amazing. I didn't um, know that that would happen when I did write the book, uh, but that's pretty exciting. And I've got my own now Couch to Active podcast, and we're five minutes, five days a week, and uh, and then still coaching folks and um, working with them on uh, just figuring this thing out, this exercise thing out in their lives. And I have been amazed that I've really resonated with the group of folks who have chronic illnesses, injuries, and the blind community. So um, that's really where I've been and what I've been up to. Yeah. Yeah. I think when we first recorded, the book was coming out and it was like you were starting. And so it's really cool to hear. And I think too, we talked about this on the first episode. You used to be a kindergarten teacher. Yes. (laughs) yes. This is a fun thing to think about this whole like choose your own adventure career. (laughs) That's what I call it. I'm like, I am making everything up as I go. And then, Ooh, what this thing appears. Let me try that out. So it's cool the book, you know, you started coaching, you start, you were a group fitness, uh, person, yep. personal mm-hmm. trainer, um, moved online, doing things, a speaker, wrote a book, have a podcast. It is choose your own adventure. It real well, it absolutely is choose your own adventure to the degree that I have a paper on my wall with a circle on it that I call my plate. Yeah. And I literally put sticky notes on what is on my plate. What am I doing? What adventure am I choosing? And then I have the parking lot, which is, of course, the thousand of ideas that I think are also awesome, but there's only so much time in the day. Yeah. I love that. That's a really <laughs> good organization tool. Because I'm, so, I'm one of those people that like, yeah, like, oh, how about this? How about this? And then start a million things. And then it's like, well, what if you just did one thing and then did those other things later? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that was, that was the mistake I was yeah. making is I was just like getting overwhelmed and stressed. And I promised myself when I started this, if I got more stressed out than my corporate job, that I would go back to my corporate job because it pays better. Um, but <laughs> uh, so I, I I also knew that I had to decide, I, I had a choice to either choose what I did and focus my time on, or it would just de facto be chosen for me by the things I didn't get done. Mm-hmm. And so that really helped me buckle up and say, okay, Hey, you gotta, you gotta choose what you're focusing on or it just will be chosen for you. So that's what I did. Yeah. Yeah. Or that's what I aspire to do. Yes. And I'm doing much better at (laughs) Yeah. No, I think that's great though. Cause it, it is one of those, um, someone messaged me and asked me like, Oh, did you learn all of the things you do in like the certifications that you got? I was like, not really. Most of this stuff is like, no, it's like, I had to figure out, I'm like, I'm having all of these problems. I'm having these organization problems or these motivation problems. It's like, here's what's worked for me. And now let me try sharing that with you. Like, I feel like theory, like never really actually helps me. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, not, not at all. Not at all. I think my Pilates certification, I learned a lot about anatomy, physiology, muscular skeletal, which was, has been super helpful. Um, but everything else is just real world, yeah. real world. And, and things are changing so fast all the time. I mean, even today, holy moly, what is it today? It's, uh, April 24th in the middle of the pandemic. I mean, we're, we're all upside down right now. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So let's jump back a little bit and share a little bit more about what Couch to Active is, and then we'll kind of go from there in case people didn't hear the first episode. Uh, explain what it is, like what you do with people. It's not Couch to 5K. It's different than that. Like, tell us a little bit more. That That's a great, uh, great thing to bring up. Yeah. So Couch to 5K is the the program that's either between six or nine weeks that gets you from not running at all to being able to run a 5K. And actually, Jacqueline, of course, your listeners know Couch Jack 5. Yeah, <laughs> like, we don't need to, they're like, we know. <laughs> so that is not what this is. So Couch Active, it, it solves that problem for people who just say, you know, exercise, ugh, like they know it needs to be part of their lives. Uh, and this is me too. I mean, I'm, I'm a self-professed couch potato, I will say. You know, if, if the uh, Centers of Disease Control and the National Institute of Health comes out and says, you know what, folks, we were wrong. Sedentary lifestyle is the way to go. That's the best way to be healthy. I would be like, yeah, woohoo. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just tell me that and bear is a superfood and I am good to go. Yeah. Um, and that's so many of us. So um, what Couch to Active does is it says, okay, before you waste money on another gym membership or another super fast pair of shoes or, you know, these gadgets and potions and, you know, protein powders, before you buy stuff you're not going to use, take a moment and figure out what's happening that's making it so you don't use this stuff. What's making it so it never actually ever gets done. And I teach folks a whole new attitude towards exercise. Um, and and this, is, this is not for folks who are trying to train to be an elite athlete or win a race or, you know, I, this, is, this is not for them. Except I, I've interviewed uh, Olympians and they say, yeah, this is totally relevant for them. So, um, but it's looking at your life and really owning your life, owning what you what is important to you, owning your priorities, and and having compassion for the places where you're stuck. So, you know, the chronic illness community, I've got several chronic illnesses, and it's, we beat ourselves up and we try so hard to, you know, I just want to be better, stronger, follow this 5k plan, but you get a week into it and you're like, I can't keep up with it, you know. Um, and so it's, it's having that compassion also for the things that are here to stay. Um, so it's really, uh, really life coaching in a way more than anything. Um, and then it also really helps people to break out of what I call uh, fitness industry uh, brainwashing or fitness industry BS, whatever you prefer, your acronym. <laughs> and to realize we've been raised and sold this bill of goods that fitness has to happen in a gym wearing mm -hmm. spandex mm -hmm. that fit, fitness has to be on a team sport mm -hmm. or it has to be wearing something you bought from nike or big five you know and we're slowly getting out more word and information about how really for most of us we're concerned about health and longevity and happiness and so what is the movement what is the exercise that will get us healthy feeling happy and loving our life so it's uh yeah it's a lot of psychology really yeah. even though i'm not a psychologist yeah yeah. Uh -huh. yeah you that's like the fun thing about life coaching and uh the choosing your own adventure is it is it's probably things that you struggled with and you're like here's what i've learned and here's what i can help people with i it's so funny i didn't think about this till just now but as i'm thinking about couch to active so I cannot run right now. Uh, I hurt my knee and my hip and it's been something oh. that's been kind of there and I just kind of kept ignoring it. And so now it's like, no, you cannot do this. Uh, you have to, and, and I, I will get back to it, but when that happens is when my body heals. But yep. this idea of like just sitting on the couch because I can't run is not what my body needs. 
Um, right. My body still needs movement. And so I've been, the word active has been something I've been journaling about. Like, I don't really relate to being athletic. Um, I don't really relate to, I don't know anything else, but the word active, like I am an active person. Mm-hmm. I need to move my body. Like, and yeah. those active and movement are such neutral words. They like, really, yeah. Well, and they, they are. And because, because going back to that fitness industry brainwashing, right? That whole, you must be training for a race. You must be training for an event. You know, yeah. if that's your goal, that's great. That's awesome. Uh, but where does that leave the rest of us, right? And we also have been thinking for years and years and years that exercise is weight bearing or cardiovascular. I believe and predict that in the near future, especially with the pandemic and the virus happening, that we are going to see a third branch of exercise come out that's all about the lymphatic system because our body has six to 800 lymph nodes all throughout it. So, you know, like if you get a cold or something and you feel up on your neck by your ear, you got the big lumps, that's that's your lymph node that's swollen. That's your body getting the infection out and, and cleaning it out for you. And it's a big part of the detox system. The lymphatic system though, unlike your cardiovascular system that has a heart that pumps, the blood through your body and your muscles uh, for weight-bearing exercise. You can flex, use your brain to flex your muscles. The lymphatic system doesn't have any of that. It only has movement. Mm-hmm. So it's moving your arms, moving your legs, sitting, standing, you know, touching your toes. It doesn't, you don't have to get your heart rate up. You don't have to, you can be in a wheelchair and only have use of your arms and you move your arms around and it's moving the lymph fluids through you. I know here I am doing this on the, <laughs> on the podcast, folks. I'm moving my arms around, getting, and I think we'll really see that, that, that supporting the immune system becomes a more important thing for us uh, today for health. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. I think back to, actually, actually it was probably right before, I, no, maybe a year before our podcast, but um, okay. a trainer that I was working with that was like, oh, you know, you really need to, I think I was like getting sick. And I was like, I just got to push through this. I have to push through this and do the workout. And he was like, you know, doing a workout still like causes stress for your body. And it never, yes. like that never, because I was like, well, no, I have to do this workout so that I can get skinny. Um, I'm stressed out because I, you know, I need to get skinny and he's like, whoa, doing this workout can make you sick, like slow the F down. Yeah. Um, yeah. and we're like, we're stressed out about everything. Maybe you don't need a really high impact workout right now. Well, exactly. And there's been, uh, been on a few forums with, uh, fitness influencer community and there's a lot of fitness influencers I'm seeing that are now saying, Hey, now is not the time to run a marathon. Now is not the time to do an ultra because we, we know if you've done a marathon or an ultra before, you know, a lot of times you catch a cold, you get sick the next week mm-hmm. because you've, you've broken your body down and it needs yeah. time to heal. And um, in fact, I've even seen some influencers, um, fitness influencers uh, call each other accountable and essentially bash each other if somebody is like, go hard, go home right now. Because it's like, no, we... We need to stay healthy yeah. and going really, really, really hard is, yeah, I mean, a little more intensity to build your strength. Great. We're not, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about, you know, full on way more than you've ever done before or marathon or big event. And mm-hmm. um, they're, they're saying, and I love this. I love this is they're saying, slow down, yeah. slow down. And that is what makes us healthy doesn't make us the fastest doesn't make us you know get a podium finish in the bodybuilding competition but it's finally finally there's a a really unique slice in our history where we're focused on what actually makes us healthy Mm. that's cool yeah Yeah. i i think this slow down message is a big one that's happening a lot slow down what do you want to include in your life right now what is not important right now And I'm thinking in the book, Atomic Habits, he talks about like long-term versus goals are at odds with like long-term life. And yeah, like you can have the goal of running a race and that's cool. But like, what are you doing the rest of your life? Cause that's what's going to have an impact on you. Yeah. Well, and, and that's a lot of what we look at with, with Couch to Active is, mm-hmm. is the whole, that whole concept of, 
uh, a lot of times folks don't really like the concept of exercise because in their minds or in my mind, I would think, okay, exercise means I need to stop my life, go over there, spend an hour doing something I don't like, yeah. and then come back. I'm like, I would actually rather die a couple years younger than spend an hour every day doing something I hate. Like, that's yeah. not the life I want to live. Right. And yeah, and so that's part of what uh, what we look at and ferret out is is like, what do you what do you actually like to do? And and maybe there's things you can try you've never tried before. And yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, that's a big one. Actually liking the exercise. That's that huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Michelle Seeger who wrote the book No Sweat. Is a University of Michigan professor, um, and she looked at all the research about exercise motivation and that how much you enjoy the exercise in the moment mm -hmm. is the biggest indicator on whether or not you will continue to do it. Uh, yeah. And so the, the and, and people will go when I talk group fitness, you know, people will come to the gym and they'll say, I want you to work me hard. I want you to make me miserable. I want you to hate it. And if you can give it to them and they'll feel good and they'll be like, yeah, I did it. But then when it's time to go back again, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, this is something, yeah, when you said that, I think when you start to pick up on those messages, um, maybe they were accepted and you're like, well, that's just what it has to be in the fitness world. But when mm -hmm. you kind of like take a step back and you're like that, like, oh, I want you to murder me with this class. Or I've had group instructors like, oh, I'm going to kill this workout's going to be so hard. And I'm like, I don't want to be killed. Like I was just here. Like I had a stressful, I'm like here to like do something fun. Mm -hmm. And now this is the message that's being told to me over and over about what this is. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I already succeeded. I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know what? Some people's definition of fun is different. You sure. know, I, I mean, yeah. Um, <laughs> and back to your knee, as you said, your knee injury and your hip, your, your, yeah, that's the thing. Now you'll, you'll attest to uh, that concept of, and, and, and your, I bet your listeners really resonate with this because if you say, actually, you are a real runner and you're beginning to run and learning how to run, they're so injury prone yeah. and injury free is your fastest path mm -hmm. to success mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you're living it right now. You're yeah. like, Oh yeah, exactly. So what, um, so if we're not doing super and maybe people are choosing <laughs> super high impact yeah. workouts, what are their other options? What does it mean to be active if um, we're not thinking of the typical 60 minute workout at a gym? Uh, that's, you know what, that's a great, great question. And I would say that it does not include the typical, I mean, it doesn't exclude the typical 60 minute, but I think we, let's assume for the people who say, ah, I don't, you know, I don't want these great big, you know, ones. Uh, to know that uh, walking has been way, way underrated, and there's tons of research coming out continuing to show that walking and any movement for the body's good. Um, just saw a research study that I need to look into a little bit more. I've only read the abstract of it, um, and I need to learn a little bit more about like who did they study and all that. But it, it came out and said that when it comes to weight loss and exercise programs, uh, this study did one of the first, uh, re usually they're like, is it high impact running? And is it, or is it high impact in intensity training? Is it running? Is it this? Is it, you know, is it weights? They've always left out that, that um, bucket of, well, what about people who are just moving all day? So this research did that and compared folks on, you know, the same meal plan regimen. And they found that the people who actually lost the most weight were the ones who were moving all day long as opposed to the people who were in desks and then did their big, you know, hour long workout. Um, so that's, I think that's a really encouraging thing for folks to know, gosh, I can, now I just, my, my job now is just to think about what do I like? Like, do I, cause you hear like do yard work. Well, maybe I hate yard work, you know? <laughs> um, I, I actually am interviewing a woman next week who, read the book and we we talk about being brave and trying new things mm -hmm. and breaking through your stereotypes of who likes what kind of exercise yeah and she 
wrote in and she's going to come on the podcast and, and uh, on, on my podcast. And she said, you know, I was thinking about it and I'm in my early 40s and I have a daughter in dance classes and I used to take dance classes. And so, but I always thought that's for the little girls. I'm way too old. I'm like 40. Yeah. And she decided, you know what? I need to just be brave and break through my own stereotypes. And so she signed up for these dance classes and then she reported back and she said, I was so scared my first class and I bawled when I got home. And I'm like, oh no. <laughs> but she kept it up and within a year of these classes, she performed in a dance recital and had a whole new community Amazing. and loved it. And, and I, I, think if I remember right, other women were joining in. I mean, it's just become this amazing yeah. thing for the community. So it's that kind of thing. So can I tell you, you should be taking dance classes? No, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe, but you, but just kind of really think outside of the box. Is it, is it fencing? Is it karate? Is it, you know, Richard Simmons, YouTube videos mm -hmm. from 1970? You know, what, it, what is, what makes you smile? Yeah. yeah. I love that. I think about, we do this and I kind of talked about this with running that we think that, Oh, I can't become a runner because that's for the people who started running when they were in high school and they did cross country and they did track and they were on that. So like I, that was something I struggled with. Like I can't start running. Like other people are really good at it and I am terrible at it. But then running was this thing that like, Oh, okay, just, just do it. it. Like, it doesn't matter. Went to my first 5k. I was like, Oh, like everyone actually 98% of the people look like me. Like 98% yeah. of the people here don't know what oh, they're yeah. doing. Yeah. Yeah. But then it opened up. It gave me that freedom. Like, especially now, okay, well I can't run right now, but I've learned that movement's a part of my life. What else can I do now? Oh, yeah. I can, I can ride my bike. I can walk. Walking's actually been a big thing that I'm, I'm so glad you said that. Yeah. Like one of those old ladies, like mall walking, but oh, yeah. in my neighborhood. Um, and it's amazing because you can go walk. You can't run all the time. You can't go to the gym all the time, but you can walk anywhere at any time. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I think when we, when, no, it was just before we met 2000, the year 2016, mm -hmm. I walked 2016 miles in the year 2016. Wow. That's a lot of walking. That's five and a half miles a day. No That's exceptions. Awesome. Yeah. And my legs have never been stronger. Like I did, I didn't have time for weights or well, and I, I aspired to run. That was when some of my health issues started too. my, my aspiration was by the end of the year, I'd be the super awesome runner. And I wasn't, I just became a slower and slower walker because of my health issues. Yeah. But because I was running, I mean, excuse me, <clears throat> Freudian slip there. I wish I was running uh, <laughs> because I was walking, not running. I was able mentally to keep it going yeah. even though I kept getting slower and slower. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. pretty, pretty crazy stuff. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit more about that. So I think that when we started or when we had the first podcast, you talked a little bit about some health issues and you've mentioned mm -hmm. chronic illness. What's kind of going on? What have you experienced in the last few years? Yeah, sure. Sure. And we can talk about anything on your podcast or are you guys, are you guys, yeah. Okay. 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 Good. Yeah, we're ready for it. <laughs> All right. You asked for it. No. Um, so I've, I've always had, uh, I, I've, I got misdiagnosed for asthma. So I think when we met, I had, I would have told you I had asthma. And after five years of going through every med and all kinds of different asthma treatments, uh, it was diagnosed as mild asthma, losing, missing 30% of my lung function. So I, they'd say I have a lung age of 70. Um, don't know what that means exactly, but I'm not running like a, you know, mid 40 year old. Um, after five years of that, I got so frustrated that I, against my doctor's orders, took myself off all my meds, which I absolutely do not recommend. Do not do that. Um, do not do that. Yeah. <laughs> it worked out fine for me. Yeah. But don't do that. Yeah. yeah. And then I went in and I was like, hey, I, I'm, I'm no meds. I don't feel any different. And I found out I didn't have asthma, but I'm still missing. I still have the symptoms and they don't know what's wrong. Okay. Um, and then I've got uh, fibromyalgia, which is uh, in a nutshell, on any given day, I can have generalized pain, either feel, you know, essentially like have a fever 
and I'm achy, like I have a fever, but I don't have a temperature, mm -hmm. um, which just knocks me out on any given day. Um, so a lot of work to, to figure that one out. And then, um, so got a diagnosis of collagenous colitis and know anything with the word colitis you're like oh la 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 too much information i don't want to know um <laughs> digestive issues is not what women like to talk about but i started talking slowly to more and more women about what i was dealing with and i found out guess what ladies we all have issues we <laughs> mm -hmm. we all do and uh, it's just not something we we talk about so so all of those sap my energy and make exercise really hard, but make exercise really hard and sometimes make exercise impossible. So it's a daily journey of um, just figuring out what can I do today and do what I can do. And if it's a day where I sleep 12 hours and I take a three hour nap to my work then, my success criteria for myself then is have compassion for myself because that's hard to do yeah and then that's a successful day if i give my body what it needs mm -hmm. if i honor the reality mm -hmm. of what's going on and i don't fight against the reality of what's going on with my body i give it what it needs that's success yeah because anything else is just craziness mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. yeah i just had um a intuitive running coach, uh, Carly on the podcast. And she was saying to, if, if we could just be as kind to us, to ourselves as, as, um, how hard we are to ourselves, instead of trying to turn down the hardness, let's just up the kindness. <laughs> Can we match it yeah. there? And I think that's yeah. a huge one, like not being in a fight with your body. If your body needs sleep, it doesn't mean you're lazy. It means your body needs sleep and, it, and that's what it needs to be successful that day. Yeah. And, and our sense of normal is really screwed up. And we tend to think like, oh, I should be able to blah, 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 blah. You know, I should be able to get just eight hours of sleep every day. And I should be able to work hard all day, every day. And, and, and a lot of times our body needs a whole lot more sleep than that. And we need, you know, days where uh, we can just do nothing and sleep. And it feels so lazy and self-indulgent, but, but we're, this is like our meat suit. We're like meat and bones and blood we're nate we're part of nature i know that's kind of a weird but uh we got to take care of it yeah so not just beat it up mm -hmm. yeah yes <laughs> not just beat it up take care of it mm -hmm. um so you got this diagnosis and um did it feel did it like knowing that you didn't have asthma like what was it like to get that like wow, this is, you thought this for five years and it wasn't that. Is this a clean or explicit podcast? <laughs> Say whatever you want. You gotta swear. It's okay. On our anger. Well, I had that, that, you know, after five years of treatments by a, a really good, you know, um, allergy and al asthma specialist, um, for me to say this doesn't work then then to be told oh well we have a test we can do to de definitively define if you have asthma or not like my jaw dropped I'm like are you kidding me you put me through all these different meds all this stuff side effects from it like mood issues from it i had one that just i was on a med they put me on and it was just the, it was bad and i looked at it and it said you know if you are having feeling like you're having maniac or depressive or suicidal thoughts, quit taking this. And I'm like, hell yeah, I'm quitting taking, you know, I mean, yeah, it was just craziness. And I, I was just really, really amazed that in, you know, this century that we live in, in the United States, that you could still be essentially, I felt like I was given the runaround. I'm like, why wasn't that the first thing we did was, you know, but because it's a long test and it costs money and it, you know, so, um, yeah, so that was, that was really, really frustrating, but being free of all the meds. Um, and since then it's been probably a year and a half. Um, I've just been really, I've just been really careful with my lungs and my cardio to, um, do what I can do without overdoing it and essentially honor what's going on. And that's been, uh, really, really good for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. What does exercise look like you for right, right now or movement? What does it look like? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Okay. So right now is a really good day to ask me <laughs> because, 
Uh, well, a lot of times, sometimes it's it's tough, but I still always get out and uh, take my dog for a walk, mm -hmm. move around. Um, yoga is really good too, but sometimes it beat on my wrists and hands is hard, so I just modify. Mm -hmm. um, weights are surprisingly good for me, mm -hmm. and I love. Okay, this goes totally against the stereotypes of a fitness person. I love doing weights while I binge watch Netflix. Like seriously. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I just turn on and what is that? I got crazy ex-girlfriend and uh, what are other, some fun ones that I've finished watching. And I just, I, I make my weight workout really slow. So I might do, you know, squats and then I might sit on my yoga mat for 20 minutes and do nothing. And then I'll do my calves and I'll, you know, watch another half of an episode. And I just love the freedom that comes with that uh, for me. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing that right now is a really unique time in our world is because of the COVID-19 pandemic, because all our gyms are closed, mm -hmm. all the yoga studios are closed, right. everybody globally is trying to op is opening up online fitness on Zoom, yeah. right? So I had this aha. I was like feeling cooped up and feeling a little stir crazy. And I'm a huge extrovert and I'm like, I need my people. Um, Jacqueline, can I be on your podcast? Simply because yeah. I want somebody to, I want to talk to somebody. I need an excuse, you know, yeah. <laughs> or I'll listen. I don't care. Yeah. Um, so I had this aha. I was like, oh my gosh, I can take fitness classes anywhere in the world. So, so no joke. I signed up one of my favorite little places in Cannon Beach, Oregon, I okay. went to that yoga studio oh. and sure enough, they had online yoga classes. Yeah. So I signed up for one and it's this little tiny town of 1300 residents. And they're like, who are you? And I'm like, I'm Lynn from Seattle. <laughs> How did you find us? <laughs> I know. Yeah. And then yesterday I signed up and took a yoga class from a beautiful studio in Bali, Indonesia. That's amazing. Like no joke. Yeah. Yeah, and and I the first one I did the time zone wrong and I and the the class was at 1 a.m. and I was like, <laughs> oh, oh, I screwed it up. Yeah. Uh, but but with the exchange rate it was cheap, which was great. So I signed yeah. up for another one and it was 9 a.m. on Friday their time and it was uh -huh. 6 p.m. Thursday my time yeah. yesterday. Yeah. And they're like, "Who are you?" You know, and here they are with their little you know, outdoor yeah. on their patios in tank tops. And I'm like in my fleece and indoors with indoor carpeting, which you would never have in, you know, Bali because it's just too humid. And yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, hello, it's Lynn from <laughs> Seattle. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Next week, next week, I'm taking a yoga class in Tokyo. I'm so excited. But this is a really unique time. Yeah. And I, I just got on Google Maps, did some search. And, and I searched for online fitness classes mm -hmm. and that was wrong. The, the search CEO is not there. I had to go and say like yoga studios in Tokyo yeah. Yeah. or yeah. And that's what, that's what got it. So, um, and they're all taking payments online and you just get a zoom link like any other class. It's, it's really sweet actually. That's amazing. Like that's a really cool opportunity that probably didn't exist or we just never would have thought to do and mm -hmm. get out of your bubble. So I teach students uh, in China and, um, and so I do that. So we have like a, there's the time zone difference as well. Um, but it's this really cool way of seeing parts of China. Sometimes my students would have like their iPad, like on a bus or like at a restaurant, not now, but it was like, oh my gosh, like, can you show me China? Please show me. Um, but I just, this is amazing. Like, I'm like so excited <laughs> to go look and see where can I take classes, um, around yeah. the world that you would never, yeah. never, you would never know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I tried, I first, I wanted to go to Paris cause I just yeah. closed my eyes. I'm like, where do I want to go? Patty, you know? And, um, I, I'm struggling to find which studios speak English. Sure. Um, so then I was like, Oh, South Africa speaks English, yes. you know? <laughs> Yeah. And so um, that's probably going to be on my list shortly after Tokyo. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's a really cool thing. And I think we talked about this, that, you know, if we think about movement is stuff that we can do at home and it's not just that you have to drive the gym, we had to be more creative about how are we fitting movement into our life now 
Um, and that's a super creative way of doing it and fun. Well, we have to be, yeah, we have to be creative. And we also want to get our brains into this mindset of realizing that what we've been sold as fitness is really a small sliver of all the opportunities. And, and if I do something that's free and doesn't involve spandex or, you know, tennis shoes, but it still gets me moving, that we have to retrain our brains to realize that is just as valid as anything else that requires our wallet and a special outfit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So as people are dealing with, um, the stress, being home, different things like that. What what advice do you have for people just to manage stress, like while they're at home um, dealing with everything? Oh man, uh, I don't know about you, but right now I think for folks who are listening to podcasts and reading blogs about this time, what we're about six weeks into quarantine, I think a lot of us are self help weary. At least I'm feeling a little self-help weary, um, and uh, and I, I almost found myself feeling pressure of like either I need to go into this really introspective place of of self-help or I need to go into this. This is my opportunity to self-develop and become you know rah rah rah. Mm-hmm. And and for for me, I think what's brought me the most peace mm-hmm. is when I uh, pause and stay in tune with what's right for me Mm -hmm. and not really worry about what I should or Mm -hmm. shouldn't let go of the word should, Mm -hmm. you know, um, um, actually should for me, one of the shoulds for me was not midweek drinking. So I have not been doing midweek drinking um, during this. That's a really good should for me because it's a depressant. And if I drink several days in a row, um, I get weepy. Yeah. For no, like there's like, yeah, get, have me drink three, four days in a row. And on day five, I'm like, the sky is falling down and I don't know why, Yeah, you know? So I've identified, I've self-identified that. Um, but then otherwise just even with my teenager, like, you know, it's okay. Screen time, whatever, you know, schoolwork. I can't believe they're making the kids still do school right now. In the middle. <laughs> it's like, you know, just, it's okay. They're past failing. Yeah. So just jump through the loops. It's, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. You know, um, just to remind, remind myself that, you know, you, I can give myself some slack and pick myself up at the same time. So yeah, that's kind of, yeah. So I guess in my not having a big pronouncement of what to do, mm-hmm. I think that's my advice for somebody else is to not feel like you have to have a big pronouncement mm-hmm. and it's okay. Yeah. To just be Yep. I think that that's a really important message for moms as well, though, um, with schoolwork and get like, it's just like schools, it's stressful kids for kids as it is like in a normal environment and now internet connections and your attention and, you know, the quality of the teaching and it's, and it's just not, it's not the same experience as being in a classroom. And we all have this layer of stress and worry that kids are feeling too. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you're right. And as former school teachers, we know like this is, this is a crazy transition. And, uh, and I, before I went into couch to active three years ago, I spent 20 years in corporate doing corporate training and mostly converting instructor led in classroom training into online training. Mm. So you could say I'm industry expert in online training. Yeah. And so when the um, announcements started being made that they're going to just convert all these classes yeah. to online training, I was like, oh, that's cute. Yeah. Um, and so I actually told, I have a high schooler and I told him, I said, okay, you got to realize, honey, never in the history of the planet, and hopefully this will be helpful for a lot of parents out there, never in the history of the planet have we ever flipped the switch and converted all public school to online. Like it is gonna be a disaster. It just is gonna be a mess and it's gonna be full of mistakes because like nobody would ever do this ever. Yeah. Nobody would ever say, oh, mid year, let's just turn it off. Yeah. 
leave the expectations ambiguous and then turn it back on and like and so re so i've coached him to relax in that yeah and um and i was overlooking one of his assignments where the teacher was asking how's it going and all the kids put their comments in and my son wrote well never in the history ever have we <laughs> done this before <laughs> so it's okay so i don't really like it but it's okay because it's the first time we've ever done this i was like oh my gosh <laughs> i love that yeah <laughs> Yeah. Oh. yeah, no, that's helpful. I, we do, we have to it, be okay with being a C plus or B minus student, just being okay with that. And yeah, we'll move on. Move yeah. on. Well, and I, and I told my son, I was like, you know what, hon? I, he's a little too old to call hon, but he'll always be my honey. Um, I said, your teachers didn't have a choice. Yeah. Your teachers, yeah. Your teachers were just told they're going to do this and they have their own kids in their house and their own internet connections and they're supposed to teach and have kids and they don't get a choice and they're supposed to be positive and optimistic about it for the, all their students. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I think about all of the work and I'm sure, well, you had your experience in corporate world, but like, oh. as I was creating online courses, it's like every time I create one or do like a group program with people, I tweak it a little bit. I'm like, ah, oh, that didn't work. Like that part didn't work. This part worked. That part didn't work. But it's like every time I launch a group program, I have that opportunity to revise. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And my, yeah. my customers, my students don't get grades um, and they don't grade me, but it's like, I know that every time I do it, I'm going to improve on it and get it. And like, there's been times that it's just been awful. Like, okay, none of that worked. Whereas now we're like, Hey, yeah, everyone be on the internet at the same time. There's that too. <laughs> and um, yeah, we'll yeah. try to recreate the same experience. No. Yeah, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. And and as you probably spent months working on a course before it ever went live. Yeah. Whereas the schools, um, their experience was different. Yeah. 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 So I want to oh. backtrack a little okay. bit. And we were yeah. talking about um, kind of the progression that you've made over the years in your health. And we chatted a little bit about body and body image and just kind of like how, you know, our bodies change, bodies fluctuate. Um it, uh, when you first came on here, I was like, oh my gosh, your hair is red. The last time I interviewed, it was blonde. But like, like yep, we yep. change, we fluctuate. Um, what what kind of did you, what did you notice with your body changing as things were happening with your health or different stages and, of your life? And I got older and all that. Yeah, yeah. I, I was one of those skinny girls in high school and college who never had to worry about what I ate. Wasn't really all that athletic, but stayed skinny. And, um, and so I fit, I used to fit right into that, that bucket of, uh, the night, late eighties, early nineties, uh, what we were taught about health and fitness back then. I fit right into that bucket of, um, judgmental. And if you were fat, it meant you ate too much and had too little self-control. I mean, I totally fit right into that bucket back then. And, and I used to cringe and be ashamed of like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I used to think that. How horrible was I? Now I look back and I have compassion for the context of the 80s and 90s and um, that we really didn't have the education that we have today mm -hmm. around uh, more body positivity and all that. And, um, and so I, though, just like anybody else, always felt like, five more pounds, just five more pounds, yeah. right? I just got to lose five more pounds. And we all, we all did. I don't think I knew anybody who didn't, or if they said they didn't, they were lying, right? Um, and, and then when I had my baby at 30, uh, I had 35 pounds um, that I had gained. And just the fact that I can tell you today that I knew exactly how much I had gained um, is saying something, right? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the fact that I have it written down in a book somewhere, right? That's yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. It, yeah my baby's almost 17. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then when I hit my, but I, but I got it off in a year and I got it off in a year because of my ego. I wanted to prove to myself I could, I wanted to prove that I am that person. I am that successful person. And so I was completely obsessed while pretending not to be right? We're good at that sometimes, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, no big deal. This is just how I live and you know, blah, blah. 
And then when I hit my 40s, I started having these health issues and I started gaining weight and I was put on a med that helped one of my issues very, very much. And that med was common side effect is weight loss. I gained 30 pounds and I know, and I was like, oh my gosh. And I had never had in over like three years, I had never had more self-discipline and grit around what I ate, how I ate, et cetera, mm -hmm. than I ever had over the last few years. And I'm up 40 pounds. Mm -hmm. And so I don't want, I don't want to put too much on numbers on the scale at all. And I, and I know it's about health and wellness. I also know that if I gain 20 pounds a year for 10 years, that is not where I want to go. Yeah. And, um, and so that whole process of seeing that when I tried, didn't have to try it all and I stayed quote unquote skinny. And then when I worked my hardest and I still continued to gain weight, um, was really humbling for me and really just gave me so much more appreciation when someone says, Hey, I have other things going on. Hey, it's not about grit. Hey, my extra weight, like most folks who have extra weight on them, they know more about what calories are in things. And they've had a lot of, have more self-discipline than than their counterparts who were trim and fit. So it's not, it's not really a skinny person, fat person thing. And I've just gained so much, so much more appreciation and so much more compassion for myself in that process. Mm -hmm. And, and one of the things that I did, um, was in, I'm so glad for the body positive movement. I'm so glad that we're really learning a lot more about what health really is and and health is not a number on the scale i love lindo bacon's work health at every size um just really i'm sure you've talked about that before really really good stuff um and uh i wanted to i and i saw a lot of people saying you know throw away your scale smash your scale you know be just you know who cares what your number is and that is all really great and really good. But I think that can also be triggering for people mm -hmm. because now all of a sudden, now I'm supposed to not know what I weigh. Now yeah. I'm supposed to throw my scale away. Mm -hmm. And now it still leaves me in that space of everybody's telling me what I'm supposed to do. And I don't get to take real ownership for myself and own mm -hmm. it. So I just, with Couch to Active, I just did something last week that was, I've never seen a fitness influencer do. I've never, it's kind of groundbreaking, but, but I did a couple, I, I came public and I said, okay, folks, here's exactly what I weighed at all these different times in my life. Mm -hmm. Here's what I weighed today. And, and let me tell you, it's not a beautiful, like I'm telling you what I weighed today because I just lost 50 pounds. Like, no, yeah. that is not my story today. Yeah. Um, and I did it in a way to set an example of letting go of the power that these numbers hold over us mm -hmm. because we have held our, the number we've held, unless you're a big weight loss success story, we've hold, held the number of what we weigh on that scale as a tighter and more closely held secret than how old we are mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and secrets hold power over us so i came on and i'm like all right here's what i weighed and and i'd be happy to say what i weigh here but i'm i'm not going to because there's just a lot of background mm -hmm. behind it and numbers can be really triggering so you got to listen to a lot of my podcasts before mm -hmm. you get to that episode <laughs> and um but as a way of blazing the trail and liberating and saying, okay, you get to own it. You can own being public with your numbers or private with your numbers or not knowing your numbers and through, and it is all good. You can choose what you want to do. Mm -hmm. And then I also go on to say, don't go public with your numbers unless you've really spent some time thinking about it because our society is not ready for this. 
Mm-hmm. And then I even go further and say, don't ask your significant no- other and say, oh, Lynn shared her numbers. What are your numbers? Like, <laughs> don't do that. Don't. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just an issue I've been really grappling with and thinking about how can we help each other heal around all the the baggage we have around the number on the scale. Mm-hmm. And that's one little effort that I'm doing. And And hopefully it won't backfire. We'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, there's a lot of unpacking yeah. there about the scale and your body and exercise and food. There's just so much. There's so many stories that we've been told growing yeah. up, and yeah. then with how visual Instagram is um, and YouTube and transformation stories, and you know, it, there's there's a lot happening. There, there is, and ah. Uh... Yeah. And I'm sure you've covered this a lot on your podcast already. And your folks are probably really familiar with just how, yeah. Yes. Yes. Amen. Preach it, sister. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, it was great talking with you today. Is there anything else that you want to share with the listeners um, as we head out? I would say just right now with the pandemic and all of our schedules being upside down to know that yeah exercise and everything is just going to be harder and it's okay Mm -hmm. because those routines we used to have that would be habits that we could fall on for you know maybe one or two days a week they would help we don't even have that anymore we have we have nothing that's normal most of us have Mm -hmm. nothing that's normal anymore And that puts a big mental load because we have to rethink, okay, you know, when am I going to exercise and how and where and and to just give yourself um, compassion for it and really think about this unique time in your life and what would make you smile Mm -hmm. and then give yourself compassion around whatever you decide is the right thing for you. And don't let any bully tell you otherwise that you need to do something else Mm -hmm. besides what's right for you mm. right now. Mm-hmm. That's huge. I mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. What's yes. right for you in this moment right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. If people want to connect with you, where are the best places they can find you? Up, oh, just Google me couch to active or Lynn Lindbergh, Lynn with one N. Um, I'm all, I'm all over the internet. Um, oh, oh, and I have an app. I have a, there's an app for that. <laughs> what is, what's the app? The app. It's, uh, it's actually the podcast. It's the easiest way to listen to the podcast. And it's five minutes, five days a week. And the whole point of this podcast is to just get you thinking and motivated to do the exercise you want to do. And it's, oh my gosh, okay, this is a little bit of an aside, but I bring on crazy people like, I don't know if you saw the news uh, a few weeks ago, there was some dude who got locked in his 24-hour fitness gym. No. Yeah. And it made, yeah, it was, apparently it was a 20-hour fitness gym. And he made global news. So he came on and talked about his experience being locked in the gym. And and then I bring on big, big influencers and names. Uh, just a couple of days ago, I had Benjamin Hardy, who wrote Willpower Doesn't Work yeah. um, on. Um, and then just a lot of fun. Like I've been talking about, you know, today I, I yeah, today I did about uh, the Bali, the yoga yeah. class I did in Bali. That was today. So that's, yeah. So any app store, Android or iPhone couch to to active download the app it really is free it's not one of those download it and now you have to buy it you know yeah awesome. mm-hmm. great yeah. thank you so much lynn uh thank you bye-bye